Hey y'all, and welcome to The Application, a podcast nestled nicely in the Enrollify Podcast Network. This is your guide, Corinne Myers, and I am so excited to share my love of high-grade Marcoms, student experience, and campus worlds. My friends at RaRa were awesome enough to sponsor all of the insights and ideas I get to share with you over the course of the application's episodes. So let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining us today on the application. I'm here with Bill Campbell, and we're going to talk about experience, which we've been talking about all season. Um, Bill, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Well, yeah, thanks for having me here today. So I'm Bill Campbell. I'm Vice President of Marketing and Communications and Chief Experience Officer at Chatham University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So Chatham is a small institution of about 2,400 students, undergraduate and graduate. I have been with Chatham about 10 years. Prior to that, I was in the agency world and uh, where I got to start um, for over a decade down in Raleigh-Durham. Higher ed was one of our client sectors there. And then prior to that, I started my career as the director of annual giving and operations for the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Awesome. And so I think what I'm most excited about and when uh, Jason Simon connected us is that that title you described, so Chief Experience Officer. Um, And I just really am curious about what does it mean to be a Chief Experience Officer specifically to you? Um, And like, what does that look like, I guess, in your day to day? That and part of my title is very new, right? So it's effective as of two months ago, so September or so. Um, but it's really been an evolution. I think it's been an evolution of my time at Chatham and it's been an evolution of my career once I left the agency world. So starting at Chatham, I was brought in to bring a strategic marketing focus um, to Chatham. Six months into that, I was named the interim director of enrollment management. And I did that for about 14 months. And I was doing both jobs. So I've had a somewhat of a little bit of a different career in that, you know, was coming in for marketing, really got to kind of bring in an enrollment management and the combination of that. I stepped away from that after about 14 months so I could really focus on brand and marketing, um, which led to a market research study, which led to making recommendations. At the time, Chatham's undergraduate was school was a women's college and that the market dynamics, the market pressures Really, we're starting to point to, hey, we probably need to do something here. You know, what, where, where are we going to go as an institution? Which led to uh, deeper discussions, which led to the board, which led to a decision to go co-ed at the undergrad level. So, you know, we were two-thirds graduate enrollment at the time. Fast forward eight years, we are now majority undergrad, and we've had just an extensive growth um, at Chatham. And that very much that brand and marketing funnel, right, the marketing and enrollment side of what we do is really where we started to build that infrastructure, build that foundation and see really great success. In fact, we um, we're going to have a natural bump anyway, but we've surpassed our benchmark, surpassed the competitive set that we had who other schools who had done this. So something was working really well. That growth, though, puts a lot of stress on an institution. So it's one thing to have really great enrollment growth at the top, but what does that look like as you start to put that into an organization that may not have the resources, the systems, the processes to handle that type of explosive growth? And that led over the last few years to much more of a focus on our side from not just external and enrollment, but really starting to think about internal, internal communications, internal systems, 
and how we can support this explosive growth and this big organizational cultural change that was occurring. So we've been doing a lot of internal work in support of retention around the way we communicate, how we communicate our systems. And that is what led to the discussions of, hey, is there a new way to do this? Is there a focus point where we can kind of tighter integrate you know, communications, technology, and process in support of a strong student and employee experience? And so with some retirements and some restructures that occurred over the summer, that's where we ended up um, landing. And so uh, that's really where we're at in the genesis of it. And I think it's interesting for higher education marketers in that over the last decade, we've seen, you know, reporting to the to the president. We've seen a big focus on brand. We've seen a big focus on, you know, enrollment drivers. But the next great thing, right, is retention and the internal experience. You, you say X about your brand, they enroll. How does that get delivered through the one, two, four, five years that they're there? So this this topic of retention and internal processes and structures is a conversation, you know, I've been having with clients across the spectrum of universities. I guess I'm interested in understanding what does the average day look like in terms of internal experience? You know, are you like looking, are you measuring or analyzing or trying to get like a baseline? Are you actively making changes? Like, what does it mean? Like internally looking at retention, what are you doing, I guess, currently in your day to day? Mm hmm. Well, it's early, right? So this has been a couple months into it. So right now we're really starting to lay the foundation to what I what I equate it to in brand and marketing. And I think Simpson Scarborough is, you know, the, the gold standard for this. It's the voice of the customer, right? It's it's research, it's listening, it's understanding what your brand is, and then applying that into marketing, enrollment, and brand building. We are in the early stages of applying similar things to experience. So, you know, most institutions have their satisfaction survey that they do every other year or so, right? And that's a quantitative um, piece of, well, what are we seeing here, right? What we're now layering in is we're layering in additional tools. So we're in the process of of creating a student service advisory group which will a research group, which will consist of two to three students, first year, second year, third year, fourth year, and then graduate students from each year. And they will be part of a multi-month focus group that will be doing surveys, uh, coming together for focus groups and conversations, user testing on various tools, and, um, you know, let us look at your email. Right? What's it look like? What are you getting? You know, um, to really see what this institution is communicating to them and the technological experience and interface they have, which has just continued to grow um, post COVID in terms of learning management systems and other things. So, in many ways, what we're building right now is a very is a is a similar structure that we would take to you know a deeper understanding of brand. Uh, with a, with consumer research. So that's that. We have a similar um, thing starting up with staff, with a staff advisory committee and some other things that are going. So we're in the early foundations of building what I call that research and listening component of this to really gather those insights. From there, we move into communications, how we're communicating, what we're communicating, when we're communicating. And then it's into technology 
um, and then ultimately process, right? So that's kind of the four quadrants of service. And so my day-to-day -day is focused on that, right? What are we doing to build our research components over the next six months? What are we doing in terms of our current communications? How can we do this better? So for instance, we just launched our new app. We've integrated that with our social content planning, with our um, Pulse at Chatham U News and Stories website. We are moving on to digital signage um, around campus. We're setting in mechanisms for monthly meetings to do content planning on that. And then at technology, we're really auditing what all our systems are, what we have, what, what interfaces with what student and what, and then we will use that to begin process mapping. So multifaceted. So four new quadrants plus my marketing and brand and public relations stuff over here as well. <laughs> so you have lots of extra time is what you're saying. Yes. A lot of, <laughs> it's fun though. It's fun. And it, you know, again, what I really equate it to is, you know, as marketers in higher education, again, we've been tasked with so much recently and so much of what we do is around brand and some of those KPIs around enrollment. But again, right, demographics are shifting. Um, you know, enrollment growth is not as big as it once was. So how do you maximize what you have? How do you focus on creating efficiency within there? You know, how do you bring a consumer mindset where it is, you know, more cost effective and efficient to retain a customer than acquire a new customer? Higher Ed has really been on uh, an early journey of acquisition at all costs. And I think you're seeing a shift to retention experience and that service component. And so in many ways, higher ed always seems to be a bit behind the consumer side, right? It's like, we need strategic marketing, we need brand awareness and brand building, we need to combine that with sales or enrollment, and now we're starting to see that on this other side, so. I know the opening up to universities shifting and seeing this big jump in undergraduate student populations and kind of probably feeling some growing pains, if you will. Were there like specific areas of concern that kind of triggered this this initiative that you needed to look at internal processes and experience? One of the things that actually gets technology on the radar faster over the last few years has been um, Wi-Fi access, which is, oh. you know, kind of funny. You think like, oh, it's, you know, going to be this web page or our, you know, our student information portal. But, you know, tons of students coming, filling your residence halls, and then using apps, phones, gaming systems, like Wi-Fi access. Like that was one of the things that immediately started to put like the idea of technology as an important part of not just the academic experience, but the student experience, right? What they live, what they do, when they're streaming, when they're doing this. And so the university began to make you know, significant evidence to increase that which at the time, we, previously to going all gender, you know, we didn't have that volume, right, mm. to, to make that a thing. So that was actually one of the first things that happened. And then the second thing was, as we've grown and you create additional programming for students and you have a, a different mix of students coming in, the student engagement side of things, the events that you have, the groups that they're having, you know, ensuring that, that the experience is a rich experience, um, you know, you've seen athletics grow, but how do you grow the other sides of it? So the need to communicate better about just student life and student organizations and events. And so that was something that when you were small, you could do word of mouth. But as you scale, you have to build in technology and communications to help that. And then the third piece 
would be what I would, um, you know, kind of equate to uh, coming out of COVID. Um, the whole concept of your LMS, your registration processes, you know, once you move from a smaller community-based liberal arts institution and then all of a sudden during COVID you disperse and you're virtual, the, the stress is on, wow, how are we getting people to register? How are we nudging them to do this? How are we ensuring that they have... Um, that there's that they're being successful. So there was a real big push then to increase a lot of retention efforts, some digital Cougar Cares alerts. So the university just began to kind of move in these directions, and COVID accelerated some of them, and also shined a light on a few areas. Which that is again another area where it was like, how can we take uh, what's been done on the marketing and brand and communication side externally and start to bring that internal. So it's interesting, um, coming from a marketing, PR, communications background, and then going into an experience title, but also responsibilities, what skill sets do you believe have helped you do this in a, do this well, I guess? Like what marketing, communications, PR skills and things have you learned in your career that feel like really worked and applied well to an experience role and kind of the, the goal of the experience kind of work you're doing? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, the thing that I'm most excited about and, and, you know, six months from now, we'll have a much better take on this is, you know, marketing and brand is really responsible for kind of, you know, understanding what makes an organization unique, but it also really spends a lot of time on, you know, understanding your customer or in our case, your student, right? Um, what's that right fit student? How does your brand align with them? What do they want from your brand? And so the research efforts that you bring to doing, you know, brand planning and brand strategy are absolutely transferable to a very big focus on what's going on internally in terms of how you deliver that brand, how you deliver that experience, either, you know, physically on campus or digitally through whatever technology tools you may be. So um, so that's number one, right? Uh, my account planning, account strategy, research, brand background, I think translates really well to that research and listening component to understand what is going on with your student, you know, in this case. I am excited about also taking that listening and bringing it to bear. It's not about what these academic or department silos want, have, or need. The real trick um, will be to say, this is what our students experience. You know, look at this. This is what they've said would be better. How do we achieve that, right? So it's not about marketing saying we need to do X, you know, or, you know, another office saying, well, we can't do X, we have to do Y because that's our process, right? Let's lay it out in terms of what the actual experience is. And that, right, from a marketing standpoint, in many ways, that is like when you redo a website, right? You do user testing. Mm -hmm. um, so, so much of what we do with marketing and brand is transferable to this type of work. It's an interesting insight. I've heard a couple of desires from other CMOs to do more experience and retention and student experience and current experience, um, employee experience, right? All these experiences that really build a brand and make it work. Um, and I haven't heard anybody explain it that way, uh, like how the skills transfer. But like you said, that's actually 
I mean, if you really build a website, you, you do user testing, same kind of idea, larger scale a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you navigate the relationships across campus that are necessary to be successful in this kind of endeavor? Yeah. Um, first, I think and foremost for me, um, again, reporting to the president, being part of the leadership team, um, having good working relationships that have been established over my 10 years with other other vice presidents and colleagues is a great foundation to start from, um, number one. Number two, I think we have demonstrated on the brand marketing and top of enrollment funnel activity over the last 10 years that our approaches and methodology can be successful, right? So we have a track record of we've shown that this can work on this side. Let's you know try to apply similarly there. Um, and then the third piece of that is really going to be this research and listening component, right? We want to really try to lay out um, what the experience of users are. Resourcing and priority, prioritization of that effort, um, I'm sure, is super helpful. Do you, what are you most excited about, I guess, in this work? Like, what, like, makes it exciting day to day or even, like, looking forward? Like, what's the most exciting part about it? Yeah, I think first I'm, I'm very excited to really talk to our students and be like, how can we make your experience, right, be it a service experience, be it a technology experience, be it a way we communicate with you or allow you to communicate with us, how can we make that better, right? How can we move the needle? That to me is really, really exciting, right? Just like on the brand and marketing side, you know, when you have that brand insight, when you find that unique target audience, you put great creative behind it, and the results show that that strategy and that research was right on, that's amazing, right? And so the idea of being able to do that, to not just get a new student to enroll, but to make their time here better, that's awesome. Like that is so exciting and something I'm really, really excited about doing, number one. Two, right, along the same lines, if we can eliminate some steps in the process, if we can make our, our technology experience better for our employees um, and we can improve the employee experience, that will be incredible too. Because the growth that Chatham has had has created tensions within employees as well, right? Because that's a lot of growth to manage and a lot of processes that haven't caught up, technology systems that haven't caught up. Um, Chatham has been really progressive, I think, in terms of our benefits. We've you know, instituted a formal flex work program We've really come out of the, uh, the, the pandemic, I think, in a really great employee-centric place, but there's still more work to do. And one of the feedback in our strategic planning process with focus groups the president did with employee, each employee department and others was this desire to you know, fix these processes, make things more efficient, make those things better for us as we've gone from incoming classes of a hundred and some odd undergrad students to over 400 each year, right? Which creates stress on that. And so to just make the employee experience better, to make their jobs and lives a little easier, that's another piece that would be really exciting. So there's always like humanity in like what we do, but like marketing and brand is always kind of like, hey, are we driving those, you know, enrollments? But to actually kind of make a difference in in those types of things for student success and employee success, satisfaction, that's really pretty awesome to be able to have a contribution in that. The link between student engagement and student success is clear. 
The more actively engaged students are, the more likely they are to learn, stick up their studies through to graduation, and attain their academic goals. Most higher ed institutions understand that link now better than ever. And yet in the last year, graduation rates are down 6%, retention is down 15%, and co-curricular engagement is down from 59 to 57%. Students cite struggles finding the right resource at the right time to feel engaged on their own terms, as well as an increasing level of mental health challenges and anxiety as some of the biggest barriers to engagement. That's where RaRa comes in. RaRa Student Engagement and Success Technology makes it easier for your students to engage with information, services, resources, and tools they need every day than a single app. Whether it's booking time with their advisor, signing up for an event or club, or learning more about financial literacy as a college student, with RaRa there's no more searching around various websites, social media pages, or looking through email inboxes. It's all within the RaRa app. Even better, over time, the app will learn what is most relevant to your students and will push those resources first, similar to a Netflix experience. I actually downloaded RaRa on my phone myself and got to try it out. Super cool, great curated content, and a great way really to make it a one-stop shop. We all know higher ed websites tend to be monsters. Start making student experience the center of everything you do by visiting raralife.com slash application. That's raralife.com slash application. So I think, you know, obviously there are very specific reasons why why experience now at Chatham. I guess thinking about larger higher ed, it feels like this conversation is also kind of amping up. Um, I mean, you know, retention and recruitment and experience have always been kind of a topic, but it feels like now it's being really focused on, do you have, why do you, why do you think that is, I guess, in the industry in general? Why is experience suddenly a hot topic? Yeah. Well, I think it's a combination of a few things. I think, number one, you know, there's so much discussion about the demographic cliff, right? And is it a cliff? Is it a mix that's changing? Is it overblown? You know, time will tell on that. But the reality is, there are going to be fewer students than there were coming kind of out of a post-millennial boom, you know, prior to the last decade. That led itself into graduate programs, which are starting to soften up across many institutions, which were big revenue drivers. So I just think you're going to start to see that more and more institutions are going to, by necessity or by choice, have to focus on retaining the students they have making sure that the students they get fit well with what their institution provides, which goes back to kind of the brand piece, and then that they are, um, that they are going to graduate and move forward, right? Number one. So, so that's one layer. Another layer is that the demographics of those students are changing, the needs of today's students are changing, and so, you know, it really is about student success and, you know, um, and how do we take... Uh, you know, first-generation students or marginalized populations and help them through. Um, and that's all about experience, right? That is just absolutely what we need to do. Um, and then I think the last piece is just consumer behavior and expectations, right? We, like, we live on our phones. We have apps that bring food to the door. We can click and order something. We can, um, you know, that consumer behavior is what students and families are going to expect 
from college moving forward. And so I think that will be a big shift over the next decade. And the institutions who can deliver on that, I think, will be ultimately more successful. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget in higher ed that the expectations all of our audiences have are based on things inside higher ed, but also outside higher ed. To your point, you know, I can get food delivered to me in 30 minutes. I get an Amazon delivery in two days. I get a Twitter response for a, qu- a customer question in 12 minutes. Um, and so those expectations are set and then they come to higher ed and that's not the case. They're left disappointed or whatever the case may be, their expectations are not met. And now they've got a very specific um, brand in their head of who you are. And I think we also forget that we don't control brands. The brands, they live in our heads. Um, Your audiences have brands in their heads of you based on experiences. And it's the only way to influence and shape that brand in their head is through those experiences. And so I really love this idea of um, retention and the student experience one, because of the retention piece, but also this idea um, of, you know, word of mouth and net promoter score kind of metrics where it ties. You can't, it's not necessarily this, uh, you can't say this is retention, this is recruitment, right? It kind of all interconnects. And since in Scarborough, we just did, we do reports for multiple institutions and we do MPS scores. And if you're current students are not happy they're not promoting you they're but that is a huge trust word of mouth marketing engine in those in those individuals and if they're not having a good time they're not going to be your advocates um, and so it's a miss and again it's a cycle of if you don't have a good student experience you're not going to promote your your institution which then doesn't help recruitment efforts and it kind of comes around and to the point about employees they're on the front lines. They're talking to students. They're giving the campus tours. And if they're not having a good employee experience, they're also not going to necessarily do the best job with prospects and current students. So this an inability to, you can't just separate them. They, they are an ecosystem of experiences that create brand and they all have to be considered and weighed similarly across the board. And so it's really cool to see. I've seen a couple of institutions talk about employee experience in their strategic plans recently, and even talking about it um, at a a higher level and institutional level um, is really encouraging, I think, um, as a trend in general across the board. Higher ed has to attract talent, employees, and, you know, the, the pandemic has kind of reset that agreement a bit. And so I think over the next, you know, 10 years, really defining what it means to work at a higher education institution, Um, Because the private sector, you know, can pay more, can deliver a different experience. So how do we attract them? And that's really about, um, you know, hopefully competitive pay um, to strong progressive benefits, but a really great work experience too, right? And I think that's the area that higher ed has probably not done enough on and that this type of work can really make a difference. So, you know, and... People who choose to work in higher education like brand or why they come. Mission is part of it, right? What is the mission of the institution? Student success is a driver, but we need to make sure that their um, day-to-day experience as employees is is good. And so there's a lot of um, uh, opportunity on that. To your point about um, the other side, right? Referral for students. Our top two sources for how a student says they've heard of a program is application first source, 
okay? So the first time they're coming in our CRM is oftentimes when they're applying. And so that's that stealth applicant, right? So, so much of what we've been doing has been building our website, building our tools, building our communications to try and support that stealth applicant, right? They're shopping online before they actually put something in their cart. So, so much of what we've been doing on that marketing and brand side has been around that piece. For instance, we're finding more students are, are not coming to our um, tours and events. They, you know, as they get further, they do, but they pop in on campus. So we just did QR code based tours around campus with little things that you can pop up and it brings up a cool bit about the building, but then it, it shares stories from our Pulse at Chatham U Hub. We have videos. We're just trying to really bring that to life to capitalize on that change in behavior. So we can do a lot from a marketing standpoint, but that second highest point of how they hear referral, that's experience. So if you want to move the needle on brand and enrollment and revenue, you know, you can do a lot to look about stealth application, online shopping behavior, but the next big thing is making sure those referral scores are high. And how do you do that? You do that with a focus on experience. You do that with focus on better internal communications. And that's really where I hope the next evolution can start to come. Yeah, absolutely. I should just write a tweet of that, what you just said right now and just <laughs> send it out. <laughs> so if I'm a CMO and I'm thinking about experience and how I can impact experience for not only recruitment, but retention, and this, this conversations are happening and we know that, where do I start? Like, how do I, how do I get started? How do I learn more? Where do, where do you suggest I begin? Looking at industry resources that are out there, um, the consumer side has a lot more work on this. And then healthcare has been another area where you're seeing a lot of, you know, patient experience. And so that was a couple, that was a couple places that I started to look when I was, when these conversations began to evolve to look at what those models might be. So that was really number one. The other area that led to this for me that I think a lot of CMOs who are interested in this can can start was, you know, we just began to look at, okay, we have CRM communications going to prospective students. We have to bring that same methodology to our current students. And so that was the entry point for us, right? We, we partnered with information technology to be like, who has permission to send what to what lists? And I mean, it was crazy. It was like a wide open, just nonstop. And people sending things from personal emails instead of department emails. You know, like if you get something from the office of the registrar, that's a little more important than, you know, if it came from Bill Campbell, who maybe works there, you don't know who that is. And, you know, students already are not using email, but that's a primary communication tool for most hired institutions. So we streamlined that. We moved to an opt-in model because everybody wanted to, everything was important and they wanted to send it to everybody. So when everything's important, what happens, right? Nothing's important because mm -hmm. there's too much. So we moved to an opt-in model. You know, let's have fewer people, but more engaged people, right? They'll come to your events. So where we really started, even before these experience conversations came, was, was applying the the CRM, the communication side of what we've done on prospective students and enrollment to just beginning to do that better inside. So that was our entry point. And that's, I think, an area where I would encourage a lot of CMOs to start these conversations, to start this work. If you, know, if you come in saying, 
we need to change our entire process and the way you're doing these things in this office is wrong and you know you, we, we got to come at it a different way you know that's just not how you really build to something right so for us it was value in communications use your expertise and then begin to make change there that's interesting how are we treating our current students different than prospective students and sometimes and you mentioned this earlier this this care we give prospective students to acquire them but then the retention it kind of drops off um, and this idea of the brand promises we've made are pretty well communicated typically to prospective students but how is it communicated to current students and what does that look like i remember an email opt-in kind of project at the university of michigan we did where it was like wow literally anybody can send an email to anybody <laughs> and yeah. students are not asking for these emails and i get frustrated when i've got you know people emailing me or businesses emailing me and i have not opted in so it's a really interesting uh take on you know as a cmo your expertise is that communication piece and asking those questions about just basic best practices around communication for internal audiences um sounds like a really good first step and also something that feels like that would be a weight or a oversight at least a little bit on their part of what they could look into as a beginning step. So when Jason Simon had mentioned that your title included chief experience officer, I got really excited. Um, and I was, I'm just really happy that we got a chance to talk. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? I feel like honestly, we could have probably talked for two hours, but I had a limit to 45 minutes. Anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of experience? Yeah, no, you know, who, like I said, maybe I'll come back in a year, right? After yes. the research piece is done and we'll kind of see like, were my assumptions wrong? What did, what did, you know, just like when you do great brand work, right? Like what was that unique insight that just blew it wide open and totally changed the way you think that you were, you were wrong, right? Um, so that, that could be a lot of fun, but I'll be sure to follow up as we get going on that. You know, for me, again, I, I've been in, higher ed now for 10 years. I left the agency world. I wanted to move over to the client side. Higher ed was one of our sectors at my previous agency. I was, I was, I'm fascinated being a marketer in industries going through disruption, be it, you know, consumer disruption, governmental regulation, market changes, whatever it may be. Higher ed checked all those boxes. <laughs> And so I was like, let's give it a shot, right? And try it. I figured I'd be there a couple years. And, you know, 10 years later, here I am continuing to evolve, constantly having new challenges that don't make the, aren't the traditional CMO thing that I thought, right? As enrollment, you know, you're helping, you know, look at mission, you're, you're doing this and the other, and now this one. Um, but what I've really appreciated about the higher ed marketing community and Simpson Scarborough specifically too is the work that they have been doing uh, as an agency and then as a collective whole to raise the level of importance of marketing, brand, to be a leading voice in the idea that organizations and higher ed institutions are better when the CMO is at the level of the leadership team or the cabinet reporting to the president how strategic marketing and brand and reputation are important to do every day and not just when you're in crisis or when your enrollment is down. Um, and I think that's been like, for me, the, 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 the last decade has been really exciting to be part of that, to be part of that community and to watch this um, department and role change. My hope 
is that over the next 10 years, right, be, call it a experience officer, call it more engagement and retention, call it whatever you want. My hope is that what we've been doing over a decade on the brand, marketing, enrollment, acquisition side begins to go into that internal experience side, right? And that brand and service delivery piece. Um, because you can do everything in the world to, to get those students to apply and enroll, but if they don't stay, or what you've said is not what they, they experience, then we're not doing our jobs fully yet. We're doing half the job. And so, like I said, with the ideas of applying research and listening that we take to the brand and, and front end, to the current students, the idea of the communications, the web, the digital aspects of what we're doing on the front end, bringing that to current students, all those things are transferable to this work, right, at every institution. And so that's my hope. That's where I hope our industry and the leaders in this industry continue to evolve. Well, amazing. And if it doesn't go well, we just won't talk about it in a year. But no, I'm, I'm sure it'll go amazing. <laughs> no, I want to come back. I mean, I, I, I joke about this all the time. Honestly, one of my favorite experiences was starting a rebranding of the institution. And it's a long story, but... You know, things just didn't go right. There was it just there was, there was there was just a lot that didn't go right. And I mean, it was a failure. Like I literally went in, and the president was like, "So what's up with this brand thing?" And I explained, and she goes, eh, "I don't really know. I didn't. I missed that." And I'm like, "Okay, we got to stop, right?" I mean, you learn as much from failure, if not more, than you do from success. Success is great, but even if we get into this and we think our assumptions are wrong, that's the beauty of research, that's the beauty of brand work, right? Is uncovering that little thing that just changes everything. So, so yeah, let's let's plan on, you know, next year coming back to this. I'm I'm so excited to see how this works out. I'm excited to ha- see other institutions also focus on experience, employee, current student even industry partners and community experience. So thank you so much for this. I, I really appreciate the conversation. Again, hope to talk about it soon again and, and get some updates as you as you work through it. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me today and for this great conversation. That's a wrap for this episode. Please rate and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. And remember, a better student experience is always the answer. Hey all, Zach from Enrollify here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Application with Corinne Myers. If you liked this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing, learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.